There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. When it comes to basic principles, integrity, holiness and godliness, you can't go past Jesus Christ. He embodies all this and more. And in today's program, as he gives the Sermon on the Mount, he's going to teach us one of the most profoundest of principles— Love your enemy. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah, Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. And here, in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to be taught about loving our enemies, not exactly concordant with human nature, Not in harmony, not in accord, not in any of this. But we're not talking about fallen human nature. We're talking about God and His standards. And that only through partnering with God, by faith, by full surrender, by being filled with the Holy Spirit, can we fulfill God's righteous requirements. And Jesus really lays it out thick and fast. Amazing because this sermon is so beloved, even among non-Christians, And yet, when you actually look at it carefully, your jaw wants to drop at some of the things Jesus says, because it's so contrary to our fallen human nature. I want to give you an example here. In verse 44 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Where do you even begin with something like that? Loving your enemies, blessing people that curse you, being good and kind to those that hate you, praying for them that use you terribly and persecute you? You must be a superman to fulfill all this. Well, in a sense, yes, you have to be a superman. Or really, you have to have supernatural strength and a superman living within your life. Well, that's exactly what Christ does for us. He comes and dwells in us so that his pristine purity and his power and his holiness, all these things and more, 
reside in our lives, and so that when God looks at us, and remember, God has x-ray vision, he sees the heart, he doesn't see us. He sees his son, Jesus, and all the wonderful things that Jesus represents living inside. The Apostle Paul put it so well in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we are going to look at this issue of the Sermon on the Mount and loving our enemies. There is a very compelling reason why to do it. It's actually the best thing you can do for others and for yourself to do exactly how Jesus put it. Now, as we explore this topic, remember that Jesus is turning love, or at least the worldly notion of love, upon its head. Because this is not Hollywood-style love. It is not worldly love. It's not just mere human love. It's God's love. And we're going to learn the importance also of doing things because God is our Heavenly Father. And we'll learn that like our Father does in heaven, we should do the same. Because if you, whatever you do is a reflection of who is your Father. When people lie and steal and destroy and all that, they're basically emulating Satan. Satan, in that sense, becomes the Father. But when you do what is good and righteous, holy and right, then it is illustrating that God is your Father. Then Jesus gets really practical. He talks about if you only love those that love you, or if you only salute those that salute you. Remember, and we'll talk about this some more, sometimes in church circles there are well-entrenched cliques, where people just gather around each other, they are exclusive, they are leaving others out, and it's really bad. It happens. It's part of immaturity and carnality, to be perfectly honest. Jesus confronts all that, and he tells us ultimately that the goal is this. We are to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. All this and more we'll look at in detail after we read God's Word. Now it's time to read the whole section of Matthew 5, verses 43 to 48. Our lesson is called Sermon on the Mount, Love Your Enemy. And the reference once again, Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. This is the word of the Lord. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye do more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Our reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. Our lesson is called Sermon on the Mount, Love Your Enemy. Are you ready for some wonderful truths here from the very lips of Jesus himself? The Lord continues to give lofty principles from the Sermon on the Mount. The words are stunningly beautiful, and so are the sentiments. 
In fact, they're not just beautiful sentiments, they're godly sentiments. But the fact is that the standard that Jesus is presenting us is alpine high. In fact, even more than alpine high. They are heavenly high. Only by the grace of God can we even hope to fulfill Christ's timeless counsel. So it begins with this phrase. Jesus speaks about a timely, common expression among Jewish people about loving your neighbor and hating your enemy. Now, of course, it's possible to love your neighbor, especially if they're nice neighbors, but it's probably easier still to hate your enemy. Enemies are amazingly easy to hate, to loathe, and all the rest. This is basically the normal human condition. Now, I said it was possibly commonly used among the ancient Jewish people, this phrase, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but there is no explicit verse in the Old Testament telling us to do that. Jesus, of course, takes a common verbal expression and he turns love on its head. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus shows a new, different, and higher way to love. It all comes on the banner of God's kind of love, using the famous Greek word agape, agape, A-G-A-P-E, agape. Agape, which is translated love in English, is God's kind of love. It's not Hollywood-style love. It's not tabloid love. It's not soap opera love. It's not worldly love, which is really just lust masquerading as something virtuous, which, of course, it's not. Agape love is consistent, constant, free-flowing, unconditional. In fact, that's God's very nature. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, it says that God is love. So if we are born of God, and we are, then we need to love as God loves, the agape love. So to love our enemies is what God does. It's not a romantic syrupy, or sentimental kind of love. But it is this agape, God-style love, conscious, volitional, and proactive. We bless those who curse. We do good to the hateful. We pray for the spiteful users and persecutors. That's what Jesus says, but how can we actually do it? By God's grace and love. Why? Because this is what God himself does. God brings the rain. It rains on the just, it rains on the unjust. His grace and goodness is available to us all. So think about it. A just person, an unjust person go out of the building together, it's raining, they both get wet. The same thing happens to the evil as well as to the good. God doesn't say, well, you know, I'm going to rain only on the land of the good and I'll withhold the rain from those that do evil. No, he lets it rain for everybody. He is good to everybody. The reason God is good to everybody is because God is good, full stop. God expects us, his children, born again of the Spirit, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, to be good too. And please understand, there are a lot of compelling reasons to go this way. Now, it's not, again, carte blanche, but it is a principle we would do well to heed. Now, again, your role model in all this is Jesus Christ himself. Study his life in the Gospels and his precepts throughout the Bible. Do what he does. 
you can't go wrong. Now, Jesus did love his enemies. He actually prayed on the cross, no less, as he's being nailed, that, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That is amazing grace. Now, remember, at the same time, Jesus had no problem telling his enemies off, rebuking them, calling them whitened sepulchers, calling them hypocrites, with that word hypocrite sizzling as it came out of his mouth. And none of this is inconsistent with his principle of loving your enemies. You see, true love can tell it straight. We sometimes call it tough love. Not just tough in words, but tough in action, being firm, being disciplined, and administering discipline. That's tough love. Who says that love merely means telling people only what they want to hear and shielding them from things they don't want to hear? No, real love tells it as it is. In love, but straight. And let's get rid of our immature, silly, prima donna, triggered, snowflake kind of attitude, which is actually corrupting us, weakening us, and making us easy prey for the forces of culture and of spiritual forces that are buffeting us left, right, and center. No, love must be tough if it's going to be love that heals, love that builds up, love that endures forever. Like father, like children. Matthew 5, verse 45. Again, the reason for the superlative command to love everyone, including enemies, is that this loving of everyone is proof that God is truly our Heavenly Father. He makes the sun to rise on the good and evil. He sends rain for all. We will emulate the deeds of our Father. Jesus has a very, very strong discourse in John chapter 8. He's telling his enemies, his opposers, you are of your father, the devil. You do the deeds of your father. You lie. You want to murder, starting with me, but it won't just stop with me. You do the deeds of your devilish father. You don't do the deeds of God. If God were your father, you would be loving me. But because you hate me, it's proof you are from the devil. And he's speaking this to the religious establishment of his day. These are not people that look devilish, certainly not on the outside. But their deeds convey something otherwise. And then there's human love. Matthew five forty six. Mere human love loves the lovely, the loved, and the ones we care about and get along with. But the th- problem with that, I mean, it's normal, it's wonderful to love people, and it's wonderful to enjoy the love of lovely people and people who bless us and people who care about us. Nothing wrong with that, but remember, even sinners can do that. Sinners can love those who love them. There's nothing to be commended in that. Expect no credit for being good to those that are good and kind to only those that are kind to you and friendly to those that are friendly. You're not going to get a pat on the head. That's really great. You are friendly to that person who's already friendly to you and to everyone else. Show some godliness and leadership by enlarging your circle to include those that are difficult, nasty, mean, unlovely, and those who treat you as an enemy. This is a great litmus test of whether God is your father or not. Now, of course, we don't want to go ridiculous and crazy over this, but we are good and friendly and decent and principled with everyone, whether we know them or not, whether we're close to them or not, whether they organically love us or not, it's all the same. 
And then in Matthew 5.47, saluting your friends only, here's the same principle. If you're only friendly, good and loving, to those that do the same to you, you're in plenty of bad company. Publicans, sinners, Pharisees are friendly, loving, and good to their friends. Now, in church life, it is important that we bust the cliques. A clique is a well-entrenched group of people who cleave to themselves and have no room for anyone else. They exclude, they leave people left alone, and they are not friendly. Or they refrain from being friendly to others, including visitors to the church. Now, just because your church has marvelous music and powerful preaching does not mean people will return after paying a visit. People definitely won't return if they're made to feel unwelcome, even despite the other positives. Let's break out of our social cocoons and salute everyone, greet everyone, be warm to everyone, not just to our friends, because that's how God is. And if God is our Father, we will walk in His footsteps. To be like your Heavenly Father, practice Matthew five forty four: love your enemies, be good to everyone, not just those that are good to you. Our final verse, Matthew 5, 48, here is the standard to live by. Be perfect, which in Greek is teleos, teleos, T-E-L-I-O-S, teleos. Be perfect or teleos, meaning complete, perfect, reaching a desired goal. God's plan for you will be perfected or teleos when you put his standards above all other standards. So our lesson is called Sermon on the Mount, Love your enemy. What is our lesson for life? Lesson for life is the wonderful precepts of the Sermon on the Mount can only be fulfilled by the grace of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. Also go to our homepage at tan.org.au. That's tan.org.au. And subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. We want to help you to become future ready by giving you value-added content from the Bible, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus. He taught us to love our enemies, and He did love His enemies, even though He told them straight, even though He rebuked them, even though maybe at times it looked like he insulted them. But the love was always there. And we need to do the same. Let's not get a one-dimensional view of this command. Let us see it in its full flower as we walk in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.